0: Welcome, everyone, to the Altcoin Buzz podcast, episode four. How are you guys doing today? I have Candace with me. Hey, Candice.
1: Hey, guys. How's it
0: going? We've got Steve in your other corner. Hey, guys. All right. And we got Zach.
2: How are you guys doing?
0: Glad everybody is with us. We've had tremendous response about the Altcoin Buzz podcast so far. And thanks to Shailen, we are on iTunes going what we really need from you right now is to go to it hit subscribe if you hit subscribe in there we're gonna move up the new noteworthy get the word out on this and and you guys we're gonna push out episodes all the time have fun with this but let's get right to it guys because we have a lot to talk about today we had so much stuff in the news things that uh went on i'm gonna introduce to you uh zach first off because you guys know Candice. You know Steve. Go to the go to our YouTube channel, Altcoin Buzz, and you can see videos by them. And you heard us on the previous episodes. But we have a, a guest here from the Altcoin Buzz Army. Zach is here with us. And Zach, just tell us uh, real quick one thing that you have uh, seen this week out there in crypto that really impressed you. Uh, one of the videos. One of the things. Something you learned. Uh, uh, something I learned. You learned that, from your perspective, that you just you thought, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Haven't uh, haven't seen that before.
2: Well, Steve's video on Lucid, I thought VR glasses that are gonna be a part of everyday life look normal and be prescription ready. I think that's pretty cool. That's definitely a step towards the future.
0: Nice. It was an excellent one. You guys, if you get a chance, please go to the channel, to the YouTube channel, Altcoin Buzz. Go on there, watch Steve's video. So uh, he just mentioned your name, Steve. So what was one thing this week that impressed you the most, CryptoLand?
3: I think what impressed me the most and what I didn't expect, um, which kind of will lead into our next topic a little bit, was how the the Japanese exchange um, Coincheck decided within like 24 hours of funds being stolen to pay out of their own pocket and refund their customers. I think we... Really haven't seen anything quite like that happen yet in cryptocurrency.
0: And Candace, one thing for you that really stood out this week.
1: Man, Steve stole it. But to jump on to what he said, it it goes to show you that there are some positive PRs to it. I think that what they're what Coincheck is trying to do in paying people back is putting the trust back into the people, so that they don't lose, you know, their trust.
0: I. Completely agree, guys, that this was a positive thing. So that's that's first thing on our agenda today. So let's just rip into it. You guys both mentioned it. It was huge. And I have some comments on it before. But uh, as you reported, uh, Steve, you did a video on this earlier in the week. What day was that? Do you do you remember what day you pushed that video out?
3: Well, Jeff had originally broke the news on Thursday about the hack having taken place and the 530-some-odd right. million NEM tokens being stolen. And then I did a follow-up on, um, gosh, I guess it was last night. So Jeff must have reported on Friday, and then I report, reported yesterday. This is that cryptocurrency time bubble we live in that gives you a, a, a warped sense of time. But, um, yeah, I reported it last night, the update, when they had announced that they're going to refund people, even though there's still a little bit of um, who, what, when, where, and why left to be determined in that. Boa, so.
0: oh, it moves fast, doesn't it, guys? So – you know, I wanted to show you guys this. Uh, we had some quotes uh, originally. I just pulled this from CoinDesk, but it was reported. We had Chris uh, Berniski. I think he is a partner at Placeholder VC. He calculated that the Mt. Gox hack that happened in 2014 represented five percent of all crypto assets, the aggregate value network value at the time. Five percent. It was huge. You guys know, in 14, we're not. we none of us were around for Mt. Gox. But that was a line in the sand as far as Bitcoin went. And in contrast, CoinCheck theft that just happened this week, it represented less than 0.25%, meaning uh, the impact of the Mt. Gox hack was more, more than an order of magnitude greater on crypto markets at the time. And he says, uh, what's more, while the on ramps for cryptocurrencies remain rickety, the markets have learned to differentiate them from the superhighways they connect to. So there you go. That's exactly what you said, Candace, and what you said, Steve, in reference in this, that my impression of the whole thing is that, wow, this was huge. It was a huge amount of money. But what happened from midweek, things move so fast to right now is that Bitcoin went up. So I'm looking at it like a positive effect. Zach, what do you from your perspective, being in the crypto world a short time, um, what did that what did that do for you when you, you saw them, like Steve said, take care of it? They took care of business and handled it right away.
2: Well, I definitely didn't expect it to uh, to bounce back so quickly. Usually um anytime something big like that comes out, you definitely notice quite a large drop in the in the price of most coins. But I feel like they did a did a good job, kept everybody's hopes up, made them feel and like it was the, okay, taken care of.
0: No, I like it, and uh, with you being in just since late last year, did that give you confidence moving forward in in that this is if these companies get better at security, they get better at taking care of these things and they plug the holes. Uh, obviously, it makes you feel good about this is this is your investment future.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Just uh, to know that even with without a lot of regulation that
0: someone's taking responsibility and well, we're real we're real big on markets um, taking care of themselves too. I think most of us are. And if you're in crypto space right now and you you got into this, a lot of you got into this for that reason alone that you'd like the government. Uh, with their hands out of the pie so candace i know you were talking about some things this week concerning the hack Uh, you you would encourage people to protect themselves and how how would you say would be the best way to do that at this point if you're worried about your money being on an exchange you're worried you got your whole life savings in this and you don't want to wake up and find out a hack took it all
1: Well, hopefully you don't have your whole life savings in crypto (laughs) at this point, but uh, it's kind of funny how I was talking about protecting yourself and making sure that your assets are in a good place and then this happens. Uh, I also, uh, before I comment on that, I, I like that the NEM team is helping Coincheck along the way by giving and sharing the affected addresses and the exchanges. I think that both fronts are going at this the correct way. So, like I said, cold storage is your best bet, and some of the ledgers that are out there is, I think it's Trezor. Trezor accepts a lot of ERC-20 tokens, and then Ledger is another good one, Ledger Nano S, I apologize. Uh, the only problem with that is there's not enough space yet. And so I would like to see in the future that these cold storage be able to, uh, store all of your currency. You know, unfortunately you can't put all your coins in separate places. And so a lot of people find it easier to put it on the exchange, which is fine. But things like this happen. We're seeing it happen still and no place is safe. And I think that's what people are starting to understand. No place, not even Coinbase. So the best thing you can do is not trying to scare anyone. The best thing you can do is pull the majority of your money. Keep a little in to trade around, play around. But the majority of your long-term investments stow away. Well,
0: it also keeps you from jumping in and out of the market and getting... Getting so messed up on the daily news and refreshing your screens all the time, it'll wear you down, guys. I've done that before in stocks and options, and it'll just take it out of you. So let's talk about the second thing here. That was a great lead-in, Candace. and uh, Steve. This week on the last podcast, I think it was episode three, uh, you, you and Jeff and I had talked about this about these these companies out there. Actually having a product, a working product, or even in beta test, having a good roadmap and having a, a strategy. And in particular, we talked about on the podcast that that they needed to communicate. They needed to they needed to put word out there in that mainly to have an ICO and have a bunch of money dumped in your lap all at once might take away the incentive for for some of these groups and teams uh, to deliver on their product as soon. They're flush with money and we had something like that come up. But for those that didn't get to hear episode three, what you had some good comments on that.
3: Yeah, I think that there's about 1500 different businesses out there because you got to think of most of these tokens as being attached to a different business. So I think of them as about 1,500 businesses out there that have asked us to help them raise venture capital, and some some projects are asking for a modest couple million dollars, other projects are asking for 30 plus million dollars to fund these, um, basically to fund a roadmap and a white paper of which. 2018 is going to be the biggest year of delivery for many of these ICOs that we saw last year. And even for some of those infant ICOs that are very optimistic about their delivery schedule for 2018. um, What I'd like to see is those projects that have Q1 deliverables on their roadmap, whether it's just simple updates or anything, to provide those updates ahead of time and communicate more regularly to the audience in general, not just to their coin holders through an email newsletter, because I know some some are speaking privately to their audiences, to subscribers, and others are actually out there using social media as a means of regular communication with their community. And if coins would do the same type of thing that Altcoin Buzz does and grow a community around themselves, They would see much more trust from the market, from investors and um, from potential investors that are looking to get in that won't just help keep and maintain their value, but will actually help see the utility of their project or their product once it becomes available on the market. Nice.
1: Definitely. And an example of that is Jeff's... uh, most current video about Electronium and how he was talking about, he was kind of upset with the team and how they were handling things. They were only announcing, basically what they were doing is they were replying to uh, negative reviews or they were only bringing up stuff that was kind of to make sure that they were still relevant and that people didn't think that they had disappeared. And what's interesting is that a lot of people, if they're going to invest in these ICOs, most of them are seeing it as a long-term investment. They want to see the product that is being built. And so when you are investing in a project long term, a lot of people want to see validity. They want to see the integrity and they want to see something to show for it.
0: Exactly. It, just like what we talked about this week, Steve, in the Robinhood, crypto.robinhood.com app and what Robinhoods do with that, you know, this is a this is a working product with tons of users. And at last check, they had over eight hundred thousand people signed up for the pre for the launch that's going to happen in February for this. I mean, that's that is real revenue that's coming in in the next few months to crypto, and so those are the things that we'd like to highlight here on the Electronium front. On this, Candice, it, you know, people were upset with Jeff for bringing this out. I appreciate. Don't you appreciate that this altcoin buzz team uh, is going to hold these companies feet to the fire?
1: Exactly. We are not allowing people with their their hard-earned money, the people that follow us.
0: Yep. We're
1: not going to lead you astray. We're going to give you exactly what you need to know, and you should be informative of yourself. But that's why you come to us. That's why you are watching us. You want information that is valid, that has truth behind it. And so, yes, you can be upset with Jeff's comments, but in the end it's not unwarranted. It was something that he and a lot of other people are starting to see with a lot of their investments into these new ICOs or these tokens or coins in general.
0: Yeah, one of the projects that I like guys, and this highlights this, is Rivets. You know, I got into the Rivets ICO because I believe in the tech. You know, every every smartphone now after a certain year, the, it's built into your chip you currently have it in your chip right now to where it will disassociate through what rivets is doing the the encryption on the chip will disassociate with your operating system so we're going to be able to use this to keep things secure with our smartphone chip uh i know another one steve this week that sarah did an excellent video on and i didn't know about VChain. but this goes to show you uh her she did a great video on this and and it helped me to learn about the company, the people behind the company, and the tech behind that. Um, just like Zach said about your your lucid video. But I know you've you've seen some other ones too that you what what's one, Steve, that you really believe in the tech and it's gonna come into play this year, next year, on into 2020? There's there's
3: so many projects, right? Because I'm thinking not just from the usable The business side like i think sciacoin with their decentralized hosting platform and a low cost um, data storage solution is very practical for business storage i don't necessarily see a lot of day-to-day people using cloud storage outside of maybe casual dropbox storage or google cloud and things like that but i don't see people really going out of their way to pay for excessive data storage and we have access to so many large terabyte hard drives but for businesses um, cloud accessibility of their information and being able to serve that through the cloud is important. So, Sciacoin is one that I may not be like overly invested in it in a financial sense. I've been in and out of the coin, um, you know, just hold a core position in it. But I think that that type of project, when you can see that it actually has practical usability, in, in today's world, right? Some of this other stuff is, um, they're somewhat in the dreaming phase, and they're trying to solve problems of the future, and that's appealing to other people. But when I look at a project that's trying to solve a problem that businesses or people have today, that's way more practical to me and something worth investing in.
0: Oh, I agree 100%. So Zach, from you have the community perspective, you're coming to us as a guest from the Altcoin Buzz Army. And from a community perspective, have you seen any comments or do you have any questions about some of these companies? I'm just thinking here as these guys are talking, uh, 1,500 ICOs, if you look on CoinMarketCap right now at this point. So in essence, there's 1,500 projects out there. Um, it's a little overwhelming as you come into it. I've kind of got it spoon-fed to me over the uh, over the last few years but it's got to feel overwhelming to you and a lot of people that are out there. Do you do you have any questions along those lines? Questions?
2: Uh, I I tend to put a lot of time and thought into where where I'm putting my money. So personally, Get I it up.
0: come on. <laughs> people do that. They do their own research.
2: Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. But uh, as far as questions about about projects go, what is what is something specifically that you guys look for when you're besides a white paper and a roadmap, because a roadmap, it could be really far out and that doesn't mean they're not going to get their project done on time or according to the roadmap. But in a case as that, what are you looking for to help you keep on track with the investment to know that you may not just be being fed hot air?
1: Great, I,
0: great question. Kim.
1: I look for the established project in the way the where and basically where they are, you know, kind of like Ethereum, you see that they've already established something and they are working towards taking those weaknesses and building on them to make it a better product and so I'm always looking for some sort of project that is still in its infancy and is working on it and Ethereum right now is they're working they're on a proof of work concept and they're trying to go towards a proof of stake and right now you know Neo is saying that they can do a hundred thousand transactions per second well Ethereum's like mm, I don't think so so now they're working on their sharding capability and they're trying to make it to where they're 15 to 20 transactions, you know, that's way lower than a lot of ICOs that are coming out, they're working on that too. And so I always like that that competitive nature of a, a project where they know people are investing their money, they know people watch them, they know that there's gonna be an adaptability concept. So I'm looking for what is going to go into everyone's household, everyone's, what, what companies are looking for, why are they looking at this technology and one of the benefits for it?
0: Why would they want to use it? Yeah, for me,
3: I, I always take like the typical investment approach when I'm looking at the projects. And I think to myself, um, sort of out loud, because I usually podcast or uh, make videos on what I'm researching, but I, I think, what have they done so far? before the ICO, like what were they yeah. willing to do with their own sweat and their own finances and in time investment and produce? So when I see a lot of projects that have these uh, flashy lights and and this long roadmap and a lot of promises, but they really are shallow in the sense that they haven't already completed anything or don't have a functioning demo, and the best thing they've got going is maybe um, an explainer video or like a flashy website, but they don't they don't have anything to show for the work they've done so far. To me, that that's a lot more risky. It doesn't mean that the project's going to fail, uh, because with risk, obviously, can come greater reward in some cases. But I like to think of things in my investments as being a little bit more tried and true and steady. And if it wasn't cryptocurrency, would I still give them my money and expect a return? And that's the type of approach that I make when I'm analyzing a project.
0: Ah, great, great comments on that, guys. Uh, great, great question from Zach. Very good, very good. All right, now so t- <laughs> we're going to move on, guys, to news of the week, and I'm going to ask each of our panel and and then we're going to open it up. We've yeah, we've been kind of we've been kind of serious, I think, on this guy so far, <laughs> and I think I think with the hack this week and all the news and a lot of people uh, saying thing uh, about some of these companies and this and that, it's it's felt a little serious to me, so. Uh, Feel free if you got got something that's a little lighter, just shout it out. But, uh, you know, news of the week. What's one crypto news item or video from Altcoin Buzz uh, that stood out to you guys most this week or you had questions on? I don't know if you want to go first on a question, Zach, if that's something that's on your mind. Uh, I don't really have a
2: question on that, but I did read an article today that was referencing uh, what it what it called tribalism in the crypto community. And it's referencing the when you go to, let's say, a subreddit for one of these altcoins or coins, yeah. and you ask a question, and even if it's not meant to be uh, a fud like question, you're you're almost ran out, pushed away and it's not like that in all of the forums in a lot of them i know that you have members of the team who are there answering quest- questions as well but i just i read that and i as as a group of people who are trying to reach the the same end goal of of having a a decentralized currency and pushing forward technology what do you guys think about about how separated it seems when someone comes in and asks an honest question and they're ran out with the with the fud alarm blaring
0: Steve you've seen that you've been in it you've seen uh, a lot of the commentary yeah this this is this is fandom so if you think about football whether
3: that means American football or or uh, good old soccer to you um, you see that a lot in those types of typically sports where people are aligning themselves and their strategies with a concept or an idea. And it's like this romantic feeling that they somehow are a part of it. And to some extent, you are if you're an investor, and you would be if you're a participant in the community. But I think people are getting very deeply rooted into their own coins to the point where there's um, an elitism or a um, narcissism about how nobody else's project can be um, any better than the one they're invested in. And I, I see this more when people are like you go and you research a coin, you want to talk about something that's new to you or, or new in general. And they're trying to solve a problem or produce a solution that's already got a potential other project that has either some overlap or you know directly proposing the same thing. And people will come out and say, oh, I wouldn't invest in that. There's already a company out there that's going to do it. Well, I can tell you 1,500 companies that are there today, at the end of 2018, those same 1,500 companies will be a different mix. Some of those companies that are on the exchange yeah. right now won't exist. And if we're just waiting on the the first company to come up and claim their stake to be a um, the owner of that particular solution then we're going to put all our eggs in one basket. And you wouldn't do that as an investor, so why would you do that as a marketplace? And you should be welcoming of the innovation that and heat that that should put on a team of another project when they see competition come in that might have an improved-upon concept. But for fans or, or um, customers, whatever you want to call the, uh, us investors, we shouldn't be so blindly driven to just support a project without being able to take the good and the bad
0: and also have our eyes open to other people's perspectives well said steve with the sports teams because you know if it's just that in fandom and you just are loyal to that to that team which in this case would be an ICO but they're not delivering they're not actually delivering the product they're not building they're not profitable if they're not profitable that's the same thing as your your favorite team being in the gutter in the standings and you are just betting all your money on them just because you like them or they're from your city. Well, you know, that's called sports betting. And and this is in these cases uh, so many times we need to we need to look at it from a investing point of view. If you started that company and you were involved with it and your paycheck depended upon it and your retirement and your family's future depended on it, I think you'd be in there at their headquarters holding their feet to the fire a little more asking them Uh, when they're going to deliver. Candice, your comments were great on this. I feel like you were talking about deliverables. You're you're saying you look at these roadmaps and calendars and these teams, and you want to find out, are they delivering as promised? Are they ahead of time? Or is it just social media hype that's got them this far?
1: Yeah, I want to know where. That's my hard-earned money. That's time that I've taken out of my day where I could have been doing something fun and i've put that in there in wanting it to grow for me i mean that's all we all got into this was to allow our money to grow and then when your money's into something then you're like oh there's something behind this money and then you start to research and then you start to become passionate about why you have your money in that certain project and so like I, like we've been saying if there's no deliverance of that we might start to doubt there might be some uncertainty and then we start to get angry and so when someone's coming yeah. against you and saying, yo, the money that you put in, you're going to lose it all. People are be like, mm, I don't think so. Because you, you start to believe in that, in that investment. So there's a lot of yeah. passion behind it. And I love it. I love how passionate people are about cryptocurrency. It's great. Sure. I don't, I mean, I don't watch football. What, what was that one team where they had a parade because they lost every day? Or lost every, um... <laughs> <laughs> which team was that? I
0: don't, maybe, maybe. Maybe Steve or Zach knows that.
1: <laughs> Anyways, it's just like I've never seen such a, a a driven passion behind cryptocurrency as as you see in other aspects of any other everyday life, and I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: That's <laughs> that's great. Now, Candace, what what's one news item from Altcoin Buzz this week that really stood out to you? Something that something uh, people should go back and reference and look at the. Look at the YouTube channel.
1: So I'm a Seattle native. And being that I'm a Seattle native, you know what I'm going to talk about. Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks is hopping on that blockchain. (laughs) I love it because nothing makes my day brighter than knowing that my coffee and my crypto are about to join hands. So uh, Howard Schills said, I believe that we are heading into a new age in which blockchain technology is going to provide a significant level of digital currency that is going to have a consumer application. And I believe him in saying that because he actually adopted Square, which is a newer technology processor in 2012. So he is jumping on this tech train. He wants to be in the midst of all of the glory he wants to put Starbucks on the map and I, I absolutely love it. If the more transactions we can make, the faster we can do it, the faster I can get my coffee and get out of there. So
0: nice. I'm I'm also on that, and I'll probably be there after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, did you have any other news item that you, or or, or one of the videos from the channel that really oh, stood did, out to you? I did. I did
3: try the new um, the new blonde espresso from Starbucks today. Oh, so oh Starbucks. No but, way. Uh,
1: That's the best. <laughs> Uh,
3: uh, but in serious news, I, I'm lighthearted. I, I should bring some more of that into the podcast next time. Maybe even loosen up and have have a glass of uh, red wine or something like that. Well, but we laugh uh,
0: at you all the time. You know, we we just didn't want to do it here on this. We're trying to be real professional. in This whole yeah. Situation. Well,
3: especially since crypto already sounds like a nice alcoholic beverage or something like that too. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I like a lot of the work that Shosh does behind the scenes, and he's really one of the unsung people on our team. And Thank speaking of some- that up. speaking of somebody who likes to actually do diligent research and look into projects, um, Shash is the kind of guy who. Well, he's in Singapore for one, so he's got the convenience of being located near some of these I- ICOs and some of these tech projects. He's the kind of guy who will email them and call them and say, um, "I have questions. Can I bring my camera and film your CEO?" And he'd get his answers to the questions, and you'd be surprised. I mean, that's how we get our interviews. shosh builds a relationship with these guys, and he's 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 a no BS type of person. He doesn't he does not to me. He doesn't have a lot of sense of humor. Maybe I just don't get him on that. But he's a great guy to talk to, and he goes and he kind of just sheds the light on what their project's all about. And I love when he does that because I had talked about a project a few weeks ago called Very Me, which is a. Uh, know your customer type of program where you can sign up for one service and then um, in essence be verified at all the partners just kind of like you have to sign in with facebook you'd be able to verify um, with verimi and not have to give them your social security number and all the background checks photo ids and stuff like that well to some people that's like uh oh yeah maybe i'll throw a 100 bucks at it well like Shosh is so deeply embedded in it he's like let me get your ceo on camera i'm going to set it up and he filmed an interview with with their uh with their CEO. And I love seeing that because we don't have a lot of great news coverage out there in cryptocurrency, like anywhere in the world, you don't have CNN bringing the next ICO CEO on board or interviewing their team and getting them face to face on the camera. And and it'd be great if we could do more of that. But I think that that's one of the most exciting things that I look forward to. and, And I wish he could do more of them, but it's like every two weeks he seems to roll out a golden gem and he just produces such good interviews. So I'm proud that they're on our channel. You guys should check him out on YouTube well, if you haven't already
0: done that. Well said, I I will just back that up and, and just I find it amazing and people aren't digging into this as like he is that I've seen and just look for more because this the allcoin buzz team is growing and we're gonna grow in uh, quality and how much we offer and get people the real deal and all that. Well guys, uh, we do have to wrap this up here. Do we have any final thought or word? Uh, I'm going to let Zach go first, and then and then Candace and Steve. But any last things before we sign off?
2: Um, I would just, uh, in my in my opinion, I would just advise everyone to when when you're in these communities, when you're on Reddit and on YouTube, maybe. Try and be a little bit more accepting to other people's opinions. We're trying to get mainstream <laughs> adoption here, not
0: chase everyone out. The Altcoin Buzz Army community spokesman, Zach, has spoken. You guys heard it. Be nice. Be nice. <laughs> Candace yeah,
1: I Final love that. thoughts? I love that, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, um, my final advice is, Look at where you are holding all your money, and if you're okay with it, uh, you're okay with it. But take a second look.
0: <laughs> Last thought, Steve. I'll I'll back her
3: thoughts up because she's got a she's got a great um, concept, and I don't keep all of my money in one place. Um, you know, the whole saying of don't put all your eggs in one basket. That means partially to diversify your investments. You know, in crypto and outside of crypto. And then within crypto, don't put all your eggs in one basket by investing in one particular um, currency. But then don't hold it all in one place either. Um, Even when it comes to something like the Ledger Nano S and taking something offline, I wouldn't even trust one piece of technology to hold all of my investment because it's a you know it's a microchip, it's a USB plug, Um, it's bound to melt in a fire or something like that, right? So. Um, hold your coins somewhere that you deem safe that you're going to hold on to for a long period of time and look into keeping them in different places. It's a logistical nightmare on purpose because it makes it hard. If it's hard for you to get to it, imagine how hard it is for one other person to get to it. So your odds of having everything taken away, like the people who had their coins taken away with NEM uh, on Coincheck on coin and then the people who lost out with BitConnect the week before, you know, just stay diversified and stay um, stay nimble in your investments.
0: And my final thoughts for you guys is that the second largest hack since Mt. Gox and Bitcoin went up this week. Uh, come on, guys. Let's look at the relative strength of what's happening this year. This isn't fluff or hype. We're trying to get the market to go up at this point. Any other time in history... We would have seen a huge correction, but the relative strength of what's going on in crypto, you guys need to be very aware for that. We have. We so saw the largest
3: th- heist in history.
0: Like this is yes. supposedly dollar value, the,
3: the largest single theft in human history that you can equate to. So that only and it, seemed to affect the currency by 20 to 30%. Not the market, but that particular coin was only affected 20 to 30%. That's ridiculous to think it was it's only ridiculous. affected that much. And 24 hours later, it was higher than it was before the hack. <laughs> like,
0: Steve, and that, people don't even have their money back yet. It, it's great to see that much strength. Is is that not huge for for a foundation under this, guys? I think you need to be very aware of that sediment right now going on into this week. Very aware. All right. We're going to wrap it up. This is Matt from Altcoin Buzz. Thank you so much, Candace, Steve, and our Altcoin Buzz community member, Zach. Thanks for being with us. If you guys want more of this, please go to iTunes, hit subscribe. That'll really help us move up the chain on the podcast. But really, go to altcoinbuzz.io. You'll find all the links to all our social media, everything that's going on, and new content and videos produced multiple times per day on the YouTube channel. Uh, We appreciate you all, and uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Later.